Today on the Craft Room Podcast, let's talk about digital craft resources. This is episode 27. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher, and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas, and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Hello, welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm so glad that you are here today. Thank you for joining me. And if this is your first time tuning in, a very special welcome to you. Today, I thought we would talk about digital craft resources, essentially the way that digital resources have changed, affected and influenced us in the crafting community. In the last 20 years, I have seen a significant shift away from traditional resources like books and paper patterns and in-person classes to a very big influence and presence of digital patterns, resources and classes. Of course, they still exist in real life, but it's the internet and all this computer knowledge that has affected us in the crafting community. And I see it happening in three main areas, accessibility, affordability, and achievability. If you have a computer, a laptop, a smartphone, a tablet, a printer, or access to one through a friend or family member, or even at your local library, you have access to digital craft resources now. So let's talk about what a digital craft resource is before we delve into all the ways it's been changing things. What I'm talking about is a PDF pattern that you purchase, download and print at home. I'm talking about digital stamps. I'm talking about digital stamps, digital scrapbooking kits, digital files that you can install on your embroidering machine to create those amazing patterns for you. So we're talking about computer files, among other things. I remember the first time that my digital world really encroached on my personal crafting world. It was probably 15, maybe 17 years ago. I was at the Stitches and Craft Show at Rose Hill in Sydney, which I used to go to twice a year without fail. There was a booth selling products that would help you to use your computer in your crafting. I mean, the internet was around, but it wasn't as big back then. If you had it, you were on dial-up. And while I did have a computer at home, I wasn't online at home. So I used to have to go to my parents' house to use the internet. It makes me sound old, but that's the way it was, folks. I did have a printer at home, though. Now, one of the products that I picked up at the show was called Bubble Jet Set. You could soak your fabric in this liquid. You would dry it. You could apply it to a carrier sheet and then print it, run it through your printer, your inkjet printer, and this Bubble Jet Set would create a fixative for the ink so that you could then go on and use that printed fabric for different crafting projects. I thought that was really cool. It was revolutionary. I also picked up a digital craft magazine. I think it was called Computer Crafts. I even had a subscription and I used to get this regularly and I was enthralled. I was captivated. I was thrilled, delighted that mucking around on the computer could finally come into the crafting world. My official training is as a touch typist. I love typing. I type very, very quickly. And so to be able to you know, mix the computer in with my craft, that was a beautiful thing for me. Now, in one of the issues, they had this competition. They provided a clip art image, kind of a line drawing of an urn, you know, oldie, ye olde Greek vase. The brief was that you could use any crafting technique 
but it had to have this urn clip art, this line drawing used in it. So I I thought I'd have a go. Back then, I didn't have a business. My kids were pretty young. I'm sure at least one of them was at school. And I was into folk art painting. So I grabbed a frame out of my stash with a backing board in it. And I took the image over to my parents. Dad helped me scan it and blow it up and make some adjustments. And I redesigned it. I kind of cracked it and broke a piece off and had it lying on the ground. And I, I put some and yeah, I did some things to it. I made it look old and busted and I put some green tree frogs with it. And that that was my entry. I, I painted it and I had a ball painting this kind of semi-rural urban <laughs> setting. Look, I don't know what it was, but it was fun to do. All you had to do was take a photo of your piece. I can't remember if you had to email it or actually put it in the post, but I sent my picture in. And A little while later, I received a letter saying I was a finalist and that the winner would be announced in the next magazine. That was very exciting. So the next magazine arrived and I, I skipped everything. I went straight to that and oh my goodness, there were these amazing projects. There was a quilt. It was this underwater scene and the urn was part of this applique section in one of those lost city of Atlantis kind of situations. It was stunning. It had to be at least a double bed size. It was enormous. There was this huge mosaic table. There were embroideries and digital art, all sorts of things. And I thought, oh, man, these things are incredible. Where's mine? Turned the page. You could have knocked me over with a feather. I won. (laughs) I won this competition with my painting of this broken urn with my tree frogs. I'm sure I have a picture of it somewhere. If I can find it, I'll put it on the blog so you can check it out. I won this awesome digital crafting prize. I got a digital camera, my first. It was one megapixel. That is how long ago this was. A bunch of uh, modernized kind of crafting things like these dyes that you could use to dye lace and then set the color using the microwave. It was revolutionary for its time. And I've always been a fan of using computers and my dad was really into computers. So to have these two favourite worlds collide, it was a beautiful thing. So this is what I'm talking about. Digital doesn't always necessarily have to be digital planning or digital scrapbooking where it all takes place on a computer. It's just a resource that you can source digitally online via computer, your phone, whatever, that helps you with your craft. So let's look into the three different areas and how digital resources are working and have really changed up the craft industry. Let's start with accessibility. Really, if you have a computer, laptop, smartphone, printer, tablet, at home, at a friend's, at your mum's, at the library, you have access to a smorgasbord of crafting stuff. I mean, it's all at your fingertips. A quick little type or tap, a search, this is going to make it happen and you can find what you need. Now, yes, of course. There are rabbit holes that we can go down and spend a lot of time getting lost in. Pinterest is one such amazing place. However, if you've been crafting a long time, as I have, you know what you're looking for. You can find what you're looking for relatively quickly and access it and have it in your hands quite fast. It used to be that we had to wait for the shop to open, for a craft show to come to town, the library to get our book in or the snail mail catalogue to arrive in the post, but that is no longer exclusively the case. You can download a file, print it off and start using it. For example, 
Here's a, a real life example. I was looking for a scarf pattern. I finally found the one I was looking for. I was skulking around on Creative Fabrica and I found this beautiful crochet scarf pattern. Yes, I could have just done a rectangle all long and floppy and all, but I wanted something with a little bit more interest. Yes, I could have designed my own, but right now I really don't have the mental bandwidth or the time for designing. I actually find designing to be quite laborious. It's kind of long and drawn out projects. It's not easy for me, whereas it is easy for other people. Anyway, so I wanted to support another designer. So here's what I did. I opened the, the website. I searched crochet scarf pattern. I found it on the first page of my search. I saw that it had all of the interesting bits in it that I was looking for. And I went, yep, that is what I want. I put it in my cart. I purchased it. I downloaded it. I printed the three page pattern and I started working on it inside 15 minutes. So that is what I mean when I say that these things are more accessible than they used to be 20 years ago. I still love to stroll around a craft show, flip through library books, wander the aisles of bookstores and look at all the beautiful patterns and products, but there are more immediately rewarding options available to us now. We can quickly scroll. We can even find recommendations from people who we know have a similar taste to us. The accessibility side is absolutely perfect for us as crafting consumers and makers and doers, but... Let's also talk about the flip side because it's now a whole lot easier for designers to create and sell their patterns than it used to be. I have created a lot of patterns for a variety of craft magazines over many years. Yes, it's hard work. I prefer teaching over designing, but when I can't find an existing pattern, I can create one. I know how. Consequently, I now have a stack of original designs just sitting and waiting for me to convert them into PDF files and add them to my shop or put them, you know, somewhere else like Etsy or Creative Fabrica or Made It. These days, it is just so easy to throw that pattern into a Word document, edit your photos in Photoshop or put the whole thing together in Canva. There is a huge selection of software and websites and many of them are free to use that can help a designer turn those handwritten notes into a gorgeous PDF pattern. You don't have to write a book. You don't have to sell hard copies. You're not having to have things printed and constantly be running out of ink halfway through a printing session. You don't have to be going to the post office and sending invoices and waiting for checks or going to the bank and all those old school ways of selling your original patterns or designs. Selling hard copies by post, it's hard work. I run a retail business. All of my orders are mail orders. It is a lot of work packing. I've got to hit the post office every day. But today, a designer can create it, make a PDF, upload it to a website, maybe their own website, Etsy, made it, Creative Fabrica, eBay. Look, if you're game, put it on Gumtree. And it's out there. It's done. It's sitting there in their little shop for anyone to find and buy, then download and print themselves. So you don't have to worry about printing, bagging, going to shows, paying booth fees, insurance, hoping someone will want to buy and like your product. Instead, that website can just show it to prospective customers while you sleep. And designers can now spend more time creating cool new patterns and designs and less time at the printer and at the post office. Sure, it is going to take time to learn how to use that new software and make your patterns look amazing, but that is a great one-off investment for the time and money you can save doing it yourself. So let's now talk about affordability. 
As I just mentioned, as a designer and seller, we used to have to pay all sorts of costs. Uh, Think of a craft show. When you're paying to be a part of a craft show, you've got your booth costs, public liability insurance, printing, binding, bags. You've got to invest in shop fittings. Of course, some of the bigger designers, they're still going to do that. Craft shows are a great way to meet with people with similar interests, be seen by folks who may not normally see your work. However, when you are just starting out, a craft show is a huge investment. With the incredible digital resources we have at our fingertips, you can pretty much create a PDF pattern for free. The overheads are somewhere between free and low. Seriously, there's no binding, there's no traveling, there's no trips to the post office, there's no shipping, just none of that stuff. So when that doesn't exist, those overheads aren't there, our sellers, our creators, our designers have much lower overheads. So they don't need to charge such high prices to cover their costs and all the time they're spending running around to do all this work. That translates to more affordable resources for us as crafters. Now, I distinctly remember paying $12 for a pretty simple pattern. It was printed in black and white on A4 paper. It was in a very plain, clear plastic bag at a craft show, and it was easily 19 or 20 years ago. These days, I could source pretty much a similar, if not the same pattern for maybe $4, print it at home and be done. I don't have to pay to get into the show. I don't have to travel anywhere. I can sit at my desk and not move. Printer ink, it's pretty affordable these days. And even if you don't have a printer at home or if you've run out of ink, you can throw your file onto a thumb drive, take it down to Officeworks or even email it and they will print it for you. If you print it yourself, eight cents a page. If if they print it for you, it's 10 cents a page. Obviously more for colour, but do you really need colour? Regardless, it is quick It's easy. It's inexpensive. And so this is what I'm talking about with affordability. However, I'd like to explore a different side of affordability. It doesn't just translate into money. This also translates into time. I often say that in life, you either spend time or you spend money. If you don't have a lot of money, you need to spend the time to do something. If you don't have a lot of time, you need to spend the money to do something, right? So you spend one or you spend the other. Now, let's talk craft show if you are a designer. When you take a booth at a craft show, you're investing a lot of time and a lot of money. And you can only do one show at a time. And we could be talking three or four figure amounts for your booth fee. And so many hours go into preparation. You've got to set everything up and you've got to be there at the show. And then you've got to pack it all down all in the hopes that someone is going to come shop with you. But right now, because of COVID, there are no in-person craft shows. So our clever craft designers need a new outlet. And if you're isolating at home like me, you're probably doing your fair share of online shopping. Also like me, (laughs) when you are selling online, you can be in many places at once with that original design. Some places you can list things for free. To sell and other places there's going to be a fee like with Etsy it's 20 cents to do a listing so when you're looking at some place to sell your wares look around look at the fees involved and do some math if you are selling on a third-party website like Etsy or Creative Fabric or eBay there are going to be fees of course there are going to be fees they're running the website they're doing the hosting they're doing a lot of advertising they are marketing they're bringing people to this big website and making it pretty and functional so that 
we as consumers will stay and shop and also have a good experience so that everything runs smoothly. So that's what you're paying your fees for when you're a seller. Your job as a designer and the seller of this digital craft resource is to make your shop look pretty, make sure your patterns are well tested and easy to follow. Now, it makes sense that you should do some of your own marketing. It's only smart because places like Etsy and Creative Fabrica and Made It, they are big places. Consumers can shop around and jump from shop to shop to shop to shop to shop. It shows suggestions based on algorithms. The website's kind of matching you to things that you're clicking on. They can see that you're interested in embroidery, so they're going to show you more embroidery stuff. And yes, the consumer is spending time, but they are also saving money and having a blast looking at all the pretty things. Nowadays, you can pick up a digital pattern or a digital stamp or a font for just a few dollars, sometimes less, sometimes free. Example. I picked up a gorgeous digital stamp pattern on Creative Fabrica. It's currently my favourite place to shop. It's a set. It features hands in various poses. They are absolutely stunning. It's beautifully drawn and I have a bunch of ideas in my head. I'm really excited to use them. Well, I logged in to download it because obviously it went in the cart and it took me a little while to actually go download it. And you wouldn't believe it. It was on special for 40 cents. Now, when it went into my cart, it was 3 99 but now it was 40 cents when I actually went to download it. You bet I shared that bargain on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, everywhere I am on social media. I'm like, you have to check this out. This is so cool. I mean, I bought it. I was going to use it anyway. But look, it's 40 cents. Oh, my God. So we as crafters, we love a bargain. And if we see a bargain for a digital resource, we are going to share that with our fellow crafters. And hopefully our fellow crafters will share that with us. It moves fast. It's exciting. And it's accessible and it's affordable. So now I think we should look at achievability. All right. So with the digital resources we have now, it, it has just never been more achievable, not only to do a craft, but to find what you need. You can find tutorials, craft hacks, online classes, step-by-step -step photos on blogs, so much more. There are so many places you can search and find that vital piece of information that you need to do the thing you want to do. Want to learn how to crochet? You have so many options. Try YouTube. That's how I learned to crochet. Is YouTube a good substitute for learning in person? Well, it just depends on how you learn. It worked for me. You could look for a book suitable for crochet beginners and read the reviews. You can search your local library's catalogue to see if they have any books that you can borrow for free. You can even reserve them. You can search for reviews on local crochet classes and teachers. I teach classes locally. Well, I did pre-COVID. I haven't taught any classes this year at all. Um, but I love to sit with people and teach them in person because I can see what they're doing and we can make corrections as they're working and moving along with their project. But there are also online classes. There are blogs. One of my favourite things right now is TikTok videos. There are some awesome crocheters on TikTok. I bet you didn't expect that. If you are looking for something, there are a lot of places and ways that you can look. Another example, this year I launched a Copic subscription box. What I wanted to do this year was teach a lot of in-person classes. Clearly that's not happening. So I decided to start the subscription box. People have been asking for it. I thought I'd give it a go. And as part of the class and kit box, you get a video tutorial with real-time colouring, no sped up business. 
and proper explanations. I'm a certified coping instructor, but I can't teach in-person classes right now. So I thought I'd design a class you can do at home. So each month the class builds your skills and your technique knowledge, and then the colour selection builds a really good basic Copic collection. It's the next best thing to taking a class with me in person. Now, can you find all that information for free on the internet? Yes. Yes, you can. The question is, how much time do you want to spend looking for all that free information? And how can you tell if it's accurate? And how quickly do you want to learn? If you want all the free stuff, it might take you longer and you might get some bad advice. But if you want to learn it now, go for a paid class with a reputable teacher. And what do we do to find that? We look for reviews. One of the greatest online resources we can use to achieve a great outcome is reviews. Reviews about books, products, stores, teachers, classes, patterns, so much more. Is this pattern easy to follow? What level do I need to be at to be able to achieve this project? Is this class good to take? I signed up for an online cartooning class a few months ago and the first thing that I did was look for reviews about it. It had glowing reviews, hence I signed up. It was also on sale. Who was I to argue with that bargain? If I'm looking to buy a product, shop at a new store, try a new designer, I am hitting up Google for reviews. We also have access to design teams. Now, I work dominantly in the stamping world and pretty much every stamping company has their own design team. I've been on a few design teams for digital stamp companies and one actual physical stamp company. The design team works with new release products and their job is to show you clever ways how to use it. I mean, what an amazing resource. If you're looking at a stamp set, yet you are in two minds about purchasing it, you can hit Google or Pinterest or the company's own blog, do a search for the name of that set and you will see a bunch of images. So when you see how others are using it, the stamp set, the stencil, this yarn, this pattern, it can give you some ideas about its versatility. I like to stick to the three ideas rule. If I can't think of three different ways to use it, then I am probably not going to get much use from it and I either need to think harder, do a Google search, or maybe not make the purchase. It's in seeing examples that we can decide if we will be able to achieve the results that we want with these supplies. And if it's not versatile enough or if the reviews say that it doesn't do the job that it's supposed to do, then you can save yourself the money, buy something else that is going to do the job. When you've been crafting for a really long time, you can tell when the design team is bursting with ideas or if they're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, which is rare because, let's face it, right now all the stamp companies are on fire. Anyway, uh, another great resource to look for, pattern testers. Follow their blogs, follow their Instagram feeds, see what they're saying about the patterns and the tools that they are testing. They can give you a feel for whether this project is suitable for your skill level and whether the pattern is easy to read or maybe it requires some interpretation. Now, some of my favourite digital craft resources include digital stamps, digital scrapbooking kits, fonts, crochet patterns, embroidery patterns, ooh, machine embroidery files, building plans for anything from an ink pad storage unit to a tiny house. You can buy woodworking and building plans online. Print on demand designs, very, very clever if you 
don't draw, but you are great in Photoshop or you want to manipulate things that exist to turn them into something else, print on demand is amazing. Card and scrapbooking layout sketches. They're fantastic digital resources. I'm going to link you to quite a few of my favorites in the show notes. You can also find that information plus bonus photos and a full transcript of this episode on my blog at dawnlewis.com.au backslash podcast 27. Uh, One of my favorite digital stamp designers is Mo Manning. Oh, and if you are into yarn, then Ravelry is a must-visit website and community to be a part of. Etsy, it's not just for handmade items like jewellery and dolls and things like that, but also supplies for makers, and that includes patterns and digital resources. If you want to skip the physical products on a website and only look for digital craft resources, then Creative Fabrica is the one for you. I'm going to talk about that a bit more later on. There are a few things that you need to know when working with digital craft resources. Terms of use. Each individual designer is going to have a different wording and different allowances in their terms of use. Please read them and please follow them. Designers put a lot of effort into creating a pattern or an image and it is their creation. And because it's theirs, they set the rules. For example, most digital companies are happy for you to resize images. However, some are not. Regardless of their decision, they hold the right to determine how their creation is used. And when you make that purchase, you're agreeing to their terms of use. Personally, I love resizing digital stamps. I can make them tiny for a tag or big for a canvas. I'll put a picture of that on the blog post as well. I can combine it with a digital background or I can place a character inside letters of a word. I love using Photoshop. But some digital stamps, terms of use or TOU, Do not allow you to make these manipulations. So be sure to read the terms of use and follow them. And if you read it and you don't agree, then just don't make the purchase. Also, copyright. I saw someone ask recently in a Facebook group if it was okay for them to stamp one image, colour it with their markers, scan it and then print multiples. Short answer, no. No, that is not okay. It's a breach of copyright. It's against company's angel policy. Copyright remains with the original creator or the company that's produced the pattern or the design. When we purchase a digital file, we don't own the copyright. What we're buying is the right to use that image or that pattern pretty much usually for personal use. Some patterns and designs do grant commercial license. Creative Fabrica has that on theirs. So do your research and definitely read the fine print. Also, with digital resources, no sharing. Be cool, man. When you buy for personal use, it does not grant you permission to share it with 100 different people. Imagine spending years learning how to design your own patterns or draw these amazing artworks, pouring all this time and effort into creating something amazing, amazing enough that we want to buy it, right? Only to find that one person bought it for four ninety five and then shared it with 100 different people or more or stole the design and is claiming it as their own. We need to support our genuine artists and designers because they cannot pay their bills, they cannot feed their kids without sales and... They can't pour more of their time and effort into creating new patterns and designs from shared files that are just going to be given away for free. So the more this happens, the faster they give up. And if our designers and our artists stop creating original works, there will be no more wonderful resources for us to use. So if you see something that you know your friend would love, send them a link. 
and then they can make the purchase themselves or buy them a gift certificate and then they can go spend that on whatever they like from your favourite designer. And while I'm on this little rant, just because a line drawing or a photo or a pattern is on Pinterest or Google, that does not mean it is up for grabs for free. So let's support our designers and our creators and our artists by purchasing their original work. And even if you're on a budget, it is possible as evidenced by my recent exciting 40 cent digital stamp set discovery, right? And I think now I'm going to, I've got to tell you more about that. So previously I mentioned Creative Fabrica. If you've never heard of them before, they are a digital craft resource website and they're based in Amsterdam. This is my find of the year so far. It's a third party selling shopping site, which operates kind of like Etsy in that anyone can set up shop there. Every design that's submitted to the store to be sold is run through a database to make sure it's not breaching any copyright, which I think is phenomenal. Every font, pattern, print on demand, embroidery file you purchase comes with commercial license. So if you want to make something to sell using a pattern or a file you buy there, you can totally do that. They also have impressive sales, hence my 40 cent digital stamp collection discovery. And they have loads of free stuff. If your cart is just bursting with digital craft goodies, as mine was on my first visit, they even have a membership program with unlimited access to all those delectable resources. Now, I get a lot of emails from companies asking me to work with them or represent them. And some of them are really great companies, but don't quite fit with what I do or what I think you all would enjoy hearing me talk about or see me make videos or posts about. It's really tempting sometimes to work with them, but it needs to be something that I am 100% excited about using and sharing. So most of the time I answer back to those emails with a thank you, that's very flattering, but no thanks. I've only taken up three offers in the past few years. One was from Jazz Art Pencils asking me to be a brand ambassador, which I quickly said yes to because I was already a fan of their products. The second was just a one-off promo from a company that sell these really cool bins. Oh, my God. These cute little sleek bins. They're perfect for craft desks. And they went, hey, we'd like to send you a free bin and give you a code. So if any of your people like it, they can use the code and get a 20% discount. Now, I've been eyeing off this bin for a little while on Instagram. So I said, yes, please. That'd be great. I will link to that in the show notes and on the blog because it's a really cool bin. I did a it's in a my last desk tour video, so I will I'll put that link in because I genuinely love it. Now that wasn't an ongoing relationship, that was just a one-off. If I didn't think it was a good piece of kit, I would have said no, but I do think it's a good piece of kit. The third and the most recent it was an email that I got from Creative Fabrica. Now, they really did their homework before they approached me. And when they said they thought we'd be a great fit to work together, they were not wrong. I took a quick tour around their website and I was in. Okay, it wasn't exactly quick. I went down many a rabbit hole and placed many an item in my cart. But they were right. I love what they have to offer. And more importantly, I think that it's an amazing place for you to find some great resources for your crafting as well. So... When they made me an offer and said we'd like to work together, I said yes. And I am very excited to be working with them. So what I have is called an affiliate partnership with Creative Fabrica. And if you're thinking this is the part where I try and give you the hard sell, I thought instead that this could be the part where I am very transparent about how this works. Hand on my heart, I would recommend Creative Fabrica whether I was an affiliate or not. They have loads of cool stuff. It's affordable and there are tons of freebies and they have great sales. 
I'm not just a partner. I'm a customer. I actually shop there. Do I receive a little payment when you make a purchase using one of my links? Yes, I do. Does it cost you anything? No, it does not. So having an affiliate partner like me is part of their marketing budget, which is a nice change of pace from putting ads all over the internet, which pop up and annoy people. Instead, I get to pick cool patterns and designs and projects and share them with you. If I don't like it, I don't share it. But so far, I am loving the patterns I've been using. If you follow me on Instagram, you might you might have seen me make this gorgeous yellow, black, grey and white scarf a few weeks ago. And then I finished a black, red and grey one on the weekend. Oh, it's so nice. I got that pattern from Creative Fabrica. And that's the pattern I talked about earlier. That's the one I bought, downloaded, printed, starting working on in 15 minutes. So when you click on one of my affiliate links, you make a purchase, it helps support me as I create the free resources that I have on offer, like this podcast and tutorial videos, blog posts and downloadable printables and things. Every little purchase is really appreciated, not only because you're supporting me, but also because you're supporting an awesome independent designer who worked really hard to create something amazing and set up shop on Creative Fabrica. They uh, took the leap and they put their stuff out there and it's cool. And isn't that the core of crafting? We give ourselves a little me time. Uh, We can keep our hands busy. It distracts us from the bad stuff that's going on out there. We can create something that makes someone else's life better including the people who design the patterns and the resources. And that's why I love to craft. The sense of community, the opportunity to give back or pay it forward. It's a beautiful thing. So I love that I can support a designer and I can show you some cool designers that you can support as well. And if I didn't think that these designers were hot stuff, I'd have said no, but I do think that these designers are hot stuff. I appreciate the transparency of the company and I also wanted to share that transparency with you. Uh, So one of the things that I have coming up is a series of live Zoom tours. We're going to take a live tour around Creative Fabrica. If you haven't had a look around the website yet, I thought we could do it together. I thought that would be fun. Uh, The Zoom tour is a free event. It's just for fun. It's kind of like a website unboxing. (laughs) I love doing unboxing videos. Uh, I'm going to run four tours, two weekday tours, one day, one evening, and two weekend tours, one daytime and one evening. I'm going to share my screen and we'll walk around I guess we'll click around um, and we'll look at the cool stuff that they've got going on there. I am very excited to be your digital tour guide. I might even use my official tour guide voice. And if you're just mad about pandas or owls or foxes, let's go looking for some cool digital resources with pandas and owls and foxes. For those who can't make the tour, if you, especially if you're catching this episode after it's gone live and the tour's over, I will be recording one and I'll post that on YouTube. So I will link through to that once the live tour are done. I will link to the virtual tour dates in the show notes and on the blog. And I'm, I'm hoping I will see some of you there. Oh, and, and now speaking of Zoom, how could I forget? Zoom, what an amazing digital resource that has turned out to be during COVID lockdown and isolation. Yes, it's good for business meetings, but you can craft with your friends and chat via video. It's very Jetsons. Honestly, I never thought I'd see the day where video phone calls were real, which makes me sound super old, I know. But it's a great, it's another digital resource we can utilise for crafting, even though that's maybe not what it was designed for. There are so many great resources, which makes me wonder what is 
your favourite digital craft resource? Is there something in particular that has impacted you in your crafting life? I know it's made a big difference to me. I have made friends in crafting communities online and found amazing patterns and learned some really cool stuff. If you've been a regular listener, you'll know I've been working on a Mario quilt for six years now. It's getting close to being finished. One day I will make the time to actually finish those last two blocks and put it all together. I found that on the internet. It's a free pattern. I'll link to it again in the show notes for you in case you're interested. What have you found that has blown your mind and changed the way you craft? I would love to know. And you can leave a comment on the blog post or you can drop me a DM or a PM on social media and let me know. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.